Come on, let's give the Lord a great big hand. Thank God for his word. Amen. You may not understand it right now, but when the Bible said this is how you live, he means that. I know we think we don't live by the word, but you live by the word. Amen. Let's get our Bible. Let's get right into God's word today. Uh, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. We're going to be reading the first 10 verses. 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. You might want to put some there. You got a little string in your Bible. Might want to put that there. First Corinthians chapter 2, we're going to read the first 10 verses. When you get there, say amen. And if you're not there, you can always look at the screen. All right, First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1. And I, brethren, when I came to you, I came not with excellency of speech or wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor the prince of this world that come to naught. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom of God, which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they have known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God had prepared for them that love him. But God has revealed them unto us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Today we will start a new series. And our new series will be dealing with verse number 10. 1 Corinthians chapter number 2, verse 10, say, But God hath, past tense, revealed them unto us by his Spirit. Yea, the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. And in verse 11 it said, But what man knoweth the things of a man, say the Spirit of man which is in him, even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the thing that are freely given to us of God. God would already plainly told us that he has already freely given to us all things. Well, if it has, then we need the Holy Ghost to search it out. Amen. Somebody say Amen. So the purpose of the Holy Ghost is to do what? Is to search it out. Right. Now, I want to give you a verse that we're going to go to today. Uh, we are talking about the series is called The Revealed 
word. But we're going to name it this way. The word of God revealed. Say that with me. The word of God, the word of God revealed. revealed. Right. Now, you need to understand the word revealed. First of all, we're going to pray. Heavenly Father, we come in the precious blood of Jesus. We give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor. Now we ask you to lead us and guide us. Help us to understand your word. Now we bless you, we praise you, and Lord, we appreciate you. Thank you for your goodness, your mercy, and your grace. Thank you, Lord, for your divine favor. Thank you, Lord, for giving us uh, divine blessings, divine grace, divine prosperity. All of your stuff, divine protection, in the wonderful name of our Lord Jesus. Now we need your Holy Spirit to teach us, lead us and guide us and help us to understand the new covenant. In Jesus' name, all the grief that prayer today, amen. amen. All right, now what I like to do today, I like to uh, start this series because this is gonna take me somewhere. You know, there are some things I want you to understand, but at the same time, it's gonna take me somewhere. And when I teach series, it's not just for you. When I, teach, when I teach series, it's so I can learn. You know, God is taking me into some, some things. All right? So I'm going to be talking about the word of God revealed. Say that one more time. The word of God revealed. All right? Now, first of all, you got to understand what is the revealed word. So you want to put definition on the screen today. The definition of the word truth. T-R-U-T-H means the revealed word. So we're going to go to Ephesians chapter number 1, verse 13. The definition for the word truth, T-R-U-T-H, is the revealed word. So when the word of God has been revealed, that's the truth. Every word that's in this Bible is not truth. It's the word of God, but it's not truth. Now that, same, that sounds strange, doesn't it? But you got to know what truth is. The word truth means a revealed word. Now I'm going to give you some scriptures. Let's go to Ephesians 1.13. You're going to write this down, Ephesians 1.13. We're going to put down John 1.17. And you're going to put down John chapter number 8, verse 30. Let's just look at those three verses before we get into our teaching. Matter of fact, I'm going to talk about today. Let's do that first. Out of all this stuff that I've given you, you're still going to have to go to what I'm going to give you now on the screen. We're going to go back to... Romans chapter number 10, verse 8, and we're going to read out of the good news. <coughs> Romans 10, verse 8, we're going to read out the good news. And we're going to use a subject that the good news use called the message of faith. What I want to do is to teach you what that says and teach you why we change from that to what we're at now. 
That way you'll know. Are you ready for the word? All right. Now, let's go back to Romans 10, 8 through 10, but we're going to read that. Matter of fact, just read it out, 8 through 10. Let's go down to verse number 13. Romans 10. Matter of fact, let's back all the way back to verse 4. Under the NLT. No, I'm sorry. The good news. Both of them is okay, but the good news. Now, let's, let's see what the word says. It said, Christ has brought us, I'm sorry, Christ has brought the law to an end. I just want you to hear what it says. King James used the word, Christ is the end of the law. But what it means is, Christ has brought the law to an end. So the reason pastors stopped using the communion table and the water baptism is because that was law. See, now if you don't understand that, if I told you what to find it at, you would have to go back to John the Baptist. John the Baptist baptized Jesus, and Jesus was under law. I said even Jesus was under law. That's Galatians chapter 4, isn't it? Galatians chapter 4. Uh, just when we get that through with this, we'll go back to Galatians chapter 4, verse 1 through 4. See, even Jesus himself was under the law. All right, now let's finish this. Romans chapter 10, we're in the good news. It said, Christ has brought the law to an end. Why? So that everyone who believes, everyone who believes, everyone who believes is put right with God. Now you need to, to understand when I say we're going into deep water, you have to understand that I'm not going to be able to tell you everything. You got to be able to understand what did he just tell you there? How you put right with God. It told you one thing. That's how I need you to do. I need you to, to be studious and be the people that I've been teaching for so many years. Pick it up a little bit. That's what we're going to do, right? So otherwise, Christ has brought the law to an end. Why? So that everyone who what? So what do you need to do in the new covenant? Believe is put right with God. But we know what we believe, right? Here, we believe in Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. So everyone that believes in Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, we, are, we don't have to go to that. That's 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. My wife reads it every Sunday. Everyone that believes Christ's death, burial, and resurrection is put right with God. Amen. All right, the word put right with God means what? Made righteous or justified. Just trying to see, are you, are you knowing what I'm saying? All right, let's keep going. We are reading Romans chapter 10. There you go. Verse 5 said, we added the good news. Moses wrote about this. Moses wrote this about being put right with God by obeying the law. See, that's how Moses did. And whoever obeyed the commandments of the law will live. How did they live? I just want to find out, are you following me? How did they live? They had to obey the commandments before they could have life, before they could live. Moses wrote about this being put right with God, a justification, by obeying the law. And whoever obeyed his, God's commands of the law will live. But nobody could obey the commandments. Keep going. And verse number six says, but what the scripture says, 
Now, when any time you hear what the scripture says, you want to hear, you want to know one word, it should be prophecy. Let me say it again. Anytime you hear it says, what does the scripture says, it means prophecy. Why? Because it's getting ready to take you back to the Old Testament where you have, where the word of God has been spoken. Now, the day we're talking about, I'm getting ready to get to it now in verse number eight. Before I get there, I'll tell you what it is for our tape's sake. It's called the message of faith. That's what we're talking about today, what? Roma 10 and 8. We're going to show you that in a moment, the message of faith. All right? Now, the message of faith is the spoken word. It won't work if you don't speak it. See, I'm, I'm telling you what so many people don't understand about the word. We don't have to make the word work. See, that's what I'm, I'm trying to show you. See, if you are under the mess of the faith, which we were, we thought we had to speak the word and believe the word before the word would work. And I'm going to show you that that's what Jesus did. See, Jesus has come and already fulfilled the word. See, they had to obey the commandments so they could have life. Jesus already did it so we can have life. So if you think you got to speak the word and believe the word before it have life, then you are still trying to use the, the, mess, the message of faith. And yoke, and what you're trying to do is use creation. Like I said, it's going to be deep water, but I know you can handle it. But that's creation. That's what? Creation. creation. Because that's what God did in the beginning. So you have to understand the message of faith. The message of faith is the same message of speaking the word, believe it, and then it will come to pass. You are not honored that. The word is finished. Jesus came and finished the word. And now he has given you the word and all you need to do is one thing. I just showed it to you. You need to now hear the word of God and believe it. And if you don't start doing that, you're not going to receive the results. Just like under Peter, James, and John ministry or Jesus ministry, he had to speak the word before it would happen. That's not your ministry. That's why it says this is also coming into the place where the renewing of the mind has to take place. All right, we're in Romans chapter 10, verse number 8 now. Now here, this is what the good news says. But what it says is this. God messes and do you. Now remember, he just related you to Deuteronomy chapter 30, right? Verse 11, right? Go back to verse 7 again. If you got a pretty decent Bible, you can look in your concordance, it will relate you back to Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 11. Because this is, he said, it's written, it's already been said. Verse number 6, you skip 7. <laughs> Go back to verse 6. He said, but what the scripture says about being put right with God, 
If you look in your Bible, that verse, it'll say Deuteronomy 30 and 11. If you got a pretty decent Bible. It says, this is what it says. You are not to ask yourself, who would go up into heaven that is to bring Christ down? You're not to ask yourself that. Verse number seven. We're we waiting to roll now. Nor are you to ask who will go down into the world be, below that is to bring up Christ from the death. You're not to ask yourself that. But what did it say? He said, God's message is near you. God's what? Message. Who message? God. God's message. It's God's message. The same one he used in Genesis 1 and 1. God's message is near you. It's on your lips and it's in your heart. That is the message of faith. But who message is it? God. Don't forget this now because I'm going to ask you again. Who message is it? God. It's God's message. It's the message of faith. It's the message of faith. Keep going. Now, you're going to see the message of faith is also prophecy. We just saw it was creation. Because if you said and believed, it would happen. That's creation. If you confess that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's prophecy. What is prophecy? Prophecy is what God going to do. See, that's why so many people are waiting for Jesus to come again. And they'll tell you, our doctrine is Jesus is going to come again in the flesh. Now, just think about what you just said. Jesus is going to come again in the flesh. That means he has to be manifested again. So you want to write down three words, creation, manifestation, and revelation. Let's see how well you know your Bible. Let's see how well when you read the Word of God, do you know what you're reading? This is why you need a pastor. This is why you need a teacher. So you don't have to scratch your head and learn everything. You can come get taught. This is why we have teachers in the college. This is why we have teachers in the schools. So you have somebody who already knows that can teach you. Well, most people don't want to be taught. They feel like they already got it. And then when the situation comes, we're going to find out. Because you better have it when the situation arrives. All right? So there are three words, creation, manifestation, and revelation. You are not under the spoken word, which is the message of faith, because that's creation. That's the same word that Jesus used. That's the same word that the Father used in Genesis 1 and 1. It's God's message. But I'm going to show you that we are not under, we are under the word of truth. Now, I gave you some scriptures. I'm waiting for Romans 10. So when in time I'm talking, I'm waiting for the word to come back so I can teach on the screen. So Romans chapter 10, verse 8 says, that's what we were. Romans 10 and 8 out of the good news says, what it says is this God's message is near you, on your lips, in your heart. That is the message of faith. That's my series that's my part one today, the message of faith. The series is the word of God revealed. Everybody follow me? All right, now verse 9. Verse 9 said, if you confess. Now, this is the message of faith, but it also is creation, and it also is another word I gave you. 
prophecy is another word again. Now you remember, your, your, we, we teach revelation. All right. Now, if you confess creation, if you confess that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Can't you see you're being saved by what you said? You're not being saved because of what he did. You're being saved by what you said. So who holds the power here? So that means death and life is in your tongue. So that means you are going by an Old Testament scripture where you are saved by what you say. See, that's what you got to understand that message while, while, when God revealed it to us while we had to change it. All right, if you confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart uh, uh, that God raised him from the dead, you will be. See, you see the word will be? That means you're not saved. So that makes that prophecy, right? Now, if, watch this. For it is by our faith. Now he's going to tell you. It is by our faith that we'll put right with God. Now I gave you a verse this morning, not long ago, and show you how you was put right with God. When we first started, and I asked you to put down one word, you said believe. I said, you got it? Do you see that? Romans 10 and 4 are the good news, right? Now that's what I'm talking about. Like, <laughs> that's why you got to pay attention. Watch what it says. Christ has, watch what it says. Christ has brought the law to an end. So that everyone who believes, all you do is just read, I'm just showing it to you. All you do is believe what you're reading. I'm not, I'm, see it's not my message, I'm just showing you. Everyone that believes is what? And I told you, what did you supposed to believe? Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. So we know that here, that's 1 Corinthians 15. My wife reads it every Sunday. I said that earlier. Now let's go back to Romans 10 and 10. It says, for it is by our faith. How many see what happened here? It is by our faith that we are put right with God. All right? It is by our confession that we are saved. So otherwise, that message is not telling you Christ saved you. You are saved by your confession. So that means we got the power in the name of Jesus. See, that's why you, they sang all them songs because they feel like they got the power. And my Bible tells me in Romans 1, 16, that Christ is a power. 1 Corinthians chapter number 1, verse number 17, 18, 19, 20, and 21 told you Christ is the power of God. You, we, all, we all believe Christ is the power, right? Amen. All right. Now, so when you hear people say, we got the power, that means they believe in the, the doctrine of the word of faith message. They got the power. But under them which are called both Jews and Greek, Christ the power of God. Now that's what our Bible says in 1 Corinthians one twenty four. That's why I keep saying you need to write that down. Christ is a power. That's why Romans 1.16, put Romans 1.16 up there. 
I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. See, this is why people end up in churches and they, they just think they're right because when you get somewhere, it all sounds the same. It's not the same. That's what happened to Eve in the garden. She ate of the wrong tree, but she thought it was the right one. They looked alike. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God. See, I just asked you, what's the power? You're going, you don't know what the power is? This is how you live. You live by the power of God. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God. All right? But what did it say in Romans chapter 10? And verse number 9, I have the good news. If you confess that Jesus is Lord and believe that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Verse number 10 says, for it's by our faith that we'll put right with God. And it's by our confession that we're saved. So otherwise, you have removed the cross altogether. Because if you say by your confession you don't need the cross, my Bible said by grace are you saved. All right, go, let's go. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Romans 10 and 11, that's where we're at. Now, when he said the scriptures say, he's taking you back. That makes it prophecy. The scriptures say, whosoever believeth in him will not be disappointed. Now, this includes everyone because there's no difference between the Jew and the Gentile. God is the same Lord over all and richly blessed all who what? Call upon him. You are not up under that teaching. Under their teaching, they had to call on the Lord. Under grace, the Lord called you. That's why I told you one time, I said that one of the greatest teachings I've ever done, I asked everybody in this, tape, in this church to get, is what is the hope of his calling? If you don't have a one tape at your house, it ought to be that. Because if you don't realize that God called you, then you don't understand salvation. Salvation has nothing to do with what you did. Salvation is God called you. And what you, listen to me now, God called you and you have to. So when you come and give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ or believe in his, his word, you're doing it because he called you, not because you did something. All right, let's keep going. Just going to show you something going on in verse 13. He said, the scripture says, everyone who calls out to the Lord for help will be saved. Can you see the difference in that teaching? You're calling for the Lord for what? For help. Help me, Lord, you'll be saved. So he's not talking about, in that teaching, he's not talking about for as saved from your sins. That's not soul salvation. That's if, if I need help, I call him and he help me. Do everybody see the difference? You don't convince me at all. <laughs> Go to 1 Thessalonians 2.13. Now, I gave you some, some scriptures along the way, so you have to put them up because I don't remember what I gave you. I gave you something else before Roman. I gave, you, I gave you something else before that. All right, here we go. Here we go. Here's one. For the law was, this is why you got, the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Can't you see there was no truth until Jesus Christ came? 
Jesus Christ came to bear witness of the truth. That's one of the things he said to Pilate when they wanted to beat him. He said, I am come to bear witness of the truth. Grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. How do I know that? Because you cannot have the word of truth if you don't have the spirit of truth. I say things you need to write down. If I was sitting under my teaching, I'd never stop writing. Because I know you promised to get the tape, then you walk out the door and you won't buy it. And you ain't got the notes. So how are you going to study? Then I gave you the podcast. And all you got to do is go on your podcast and say, Pastor Earl O. Crump, Faith Christian Church, and a podcast will arrive. And yet people won't, I don't know how to get it. I told you how to get it. Pastor Earl O. Crump, Faith Christian Church. Boom! We made it so simple. You don't have no excuse. If you die and go to hell, it's not going to be my fault. That's why I keep telling you. Because everybody you hear in the pulpit is not preaching salvation. And then we wonder why we haven't changed. You believe in the wrong message. The word of truth. The word of truth. Let's go back and show you that. Let's do this for... Uh, We'll do Ephesians 1.13 in a moment, but anyway, I know I gave you that before I gave you this, so it, it, just put them in order, please. I always put them in order that I gave you. Ephesians 1.13, I've already done that. Let's go to Ephesians 1.13. See, this, uh, this is your salvation, Ephesians 1.13. In whom also you trusted, after you heard the word of truth. The what? The word of truth. The, the word truth mean what? The revealed word. word. Thank you for that. I really needed to see that you catch on. In whom also you trust after you heard the word of truth, the revealed word, the gospel of your salvation. So if I don't preach to you the, the revealed word, you still not going to be saved. Because if I don't preach to you the revealed word, it can't set you free no way. Lead the word. I'm, I want the word up there. Lead the word. In whom also you trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after you believe, what he told you, you got to do? Believe. You got to believe. So you had to hear and you had to believe. When that happened, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Has said nothing about no tearing. <laughs> Nobody had to lay hands on you. You didn't have to go in and thank the Lord. You didn't have to go ask the Lord. So you got to understand something under, under, under the, uh, the word of, under the message, under the message of faith, you have to ask for the Holy Spirit. Some churches, you have to tarry. Some churches, they'll put a ring around you and get in the middle and you got they're going to keep it all night until you get it. But that's not what the word says. All that's denomination. So you better learn. If you don't learn, you'll be like me and Sister Crump. Well, that's how we went through some stuff. Telling us to stay up. We stayed up all night waiting on the Holy Spirit. Am I right? The man spoke. I'm telling you, the man spoke, told us the Holy Ghost is coming to your house tonight. And I told my wife, so we will be, we will know when he walk in there because we will not go to bed. If he come to my house, he's coming to your house tonight. Lift your hands up and receive that tonight. He's coming to your house tonight. <laughs> Me and my wife stayed up all night. 
As a matter of fact, there was another pastor and his wife stand up. I called, we called him and said, did he come to your house last night? Said, no, we wasn't. He didn't come. Because it's not the word. All you have to do is believe the word and hear the word, trust the word, and God will give you the Holy Spirit. You don't, it's not a mystery. If you, you got, just do it the way the word said do it. See, all this other stuff ain't no more religion. Sound good in a tent meeting. You get money from it. That's it. All right, let's go to work. Now, also I want to, 1 Thessalonians 2.13, but let's finish this right here. Why am I preaching the truth? It says, and he spake these words. Jesus speaking as he spake this word. Many believed on him. Remember, they believed on him. Then said Jesus, those Jews which believed on him. He's talking to people who believed on him. If you continue in my word, that means they wasn't there yet. Because what they needed was not going to come under Jesus' ministry. Let me say it again. Nobody got born of the Spirit under Jesus' ministry. Nobody. Nobody got born again under Jesus' ministry. They couldn't. How many know why they couldn't? Because Christ had not died. And until Christ died, you could not receive his life. His life is the Holy Spirit. He could not give you the Holy Spirit if he wasn't dead. Once he was on the cross, you know what he said? Father, into thy hand I what? I command my spirit. And he, he gave up the ghost. He, could, he had to die to give up the Holy Spirit. Come on, let's thank God for him. We thank God for you, Lord. We thank God that you died so we can have the Holy Spirit. See, you have a right now to the Holy Spirit because of Christ's death, death, and resurrection. See, people talk this stuff about sin, but see, I have to learn the word of God. If Christ did not rise from the dead, you, are not, you still would not be forgiven. And you still got churches would tell you, you got to be baptized in water in Jesus' name to get rid of sin, and you got to take communion to get rid of sin. Let's show it to you once and for all, shall we? 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 14 through 17. You got to keep up with me. I know we's in John chapter 8. We'll go back there in a minute. Verse 31. But let's look at this first. So you got to know the word, man. I'm telling you, this is 40 years of studying the word of God. And it took, it take me this long and longer. I can understand why Paul said I have not yet apprehended. Because out of all his study, he, he knows still some things that he hadn't, hadn't learned. Now, what are we looking for? Anybody know? What I just told you we're going to. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 14 through 17. First Corinthians chapter 15, but there it is. If Christ be not risen... See, people talking about, well, you, you got to take communion and get rid of sin. And then over here, you got to be baptized in water in Jesus' name and get rid of sin. Well, let's look at what, see what the word said. Because that is not in the new covenant. If Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain and your faith is also vain. Listen, your faith is no good if Christ isn't raised from the dead. So what am I teaching you? I'm teaching you the message of faith. 
And the message of faith is no good if Christ did not rise from the dead. So what people are going to do is they're going to take you back over here to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and show you Jesus' ministry upon the faith and going to cause you to believe. Tell you in Luke eleven thirteen, if you don't ask God for the Holy Spirit, he won't give it to you. That's the Old Testament. Over there, faith was vain. It did not have the Holy Spirit. The, the law did not have the Spirit. You preach the law, you get death. And that's what people are doing. They still believe in some law and don't even understand. That's why I'm taking you through this message. Let's go. Let's put it up there again. If Christ be not risen, see, if he did not rise from the dead, then is our preaching vain and your faith is also vain. Your faith has no power. Verse 17 says, and if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain and watch, watch, don't drop the cup. And you are yet in your sins. Well, I thought we got rid of sins. Yeah, you got rid of sin through the cross. But if Christ did not rise from the dead, he could not verify the covenant. See, if they had to kill him and he didn't rise from the dead, then the covenant would have been no good. Because he was raised from the dead for our justification. Put that on the screen, Romans 4.25, in the good news. So you have to understand the resurrection, the deathbed resurrection is what God did to get rid of all the mess that man had got himself in. Because of your sins, he said, Romans 4.25, was given over to die. Because of your, our sin, Christ was given over to die. Because of our sin, Christ was given over to die. He died for our sins. Well, if he died for my sins, why do I need water baptism to get rid of my sins? Can't you see you're robbing him? That's why Paul called them enemies of the cross. No, you got, no, no, you got to be baptized. No, that's your denomination. And you don't want to leave your denomination for the word. And your people would die and go to hell to prove their denomination is right. Could show them in the Bible. Let's show them again. Because of our sins, he was given over to die. He died for our sins. He was raised to life in order to put us right with God. He was raised to life so you could be right with God. He was raised to life so you could be right with God. Do you understand? If he had never been raised from the dead, you could never be right with God. And yet people will still tell you, yeah, but what about... Water baptism was a type and a shadow in the old covenant. It's not the new covenant. All right, let's go back to John chapter 8, verse 31, shall we? Are you enjoying the word? Amen. John chapter 8, verse 31. Then said Jesus, those Jews which believed on him, if you continue in my word, you then are you my disciples indeed. And watch what he told them going to happen. Then you shall know. Why? Because he knew he was going to give them the Holy Spirit. You shall know the truth. You shall know what? The truth. The truth, the truth he's talking about there is the word of truth, Ephesians 1.13. You shall know the truth, the revealed word. And then the Holy Spirit is also the spirit of truth. You're going to know the word of truth, and then the spirit of truth is going to make you free. You cannot get free. No man could have gotten free until God gave you the Holy Spirit. 
Because when God gives you the Holy Spirit, it's evidence that you are his son. Let me say it again. Once God gives you the Holy Spirit, it is evidence that you are God's child. If you don't have God's spirit, you are not his child. That's Romans 8, verse 9. I don't have time to go there. You can read it yourself. All right. Now, hear what I gave you, Galatians chapter 4. It said, now, now I told you Jesus was under the law. I said Jesus was also under the law. Now, I say that the heir, as long as he's a child, differ nothing from a servant, though he be Lord of all. Jesus was Lord of all. But under the law, he was still a slave. But it's on the tutors and governors until the time of appointment of the Father. Verse 3 says, even so we. Paul was talking to the Jewish believer. He said, even so we, when we were children, we were in bondage under the elements of the world. Talking about under the law. Verse 4, but when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, watch this, made of a woman, watch it, made under the law. Even Jesus Christ was under the law. If Jesus Christ was not under the law, he could not die for those people who were under the law. So he had to come under the law so he could fulfill the law and obey the law. That's why he was also eight days old, he was circumcised. Because he was born under the law. All right, now, there it is to redeem them. He was born under the law, so he redeemed them that were under the law, that he might receive, the, that we might receive the adoption of sons. So that's why we have to give him the praise. Can we give him some more praise in the house? That's why we have to do. Now, let's go to 1 Thessalonians, chapter number 2 and verse 13. So we're talking about the message of faith. The message of faith, you believe what you say, then God will do what you say. You can't get what God have under the message of faith until you say it and believe it. That's the message of faith. That's not the message you're under. That's why I taught you, grieve not the Holy Spirit, and I told you in the book of Ephesians chapter 1, 2, 3, I said God has already given you everything. Amen? Amen? So you're not trying to get anything, but if you don't watch yourself, you slip back under the mess of the faith and you're still trying to get it with your faith. And that's why it's not going to happen. When you receive something in the new covenant, it's been already done. So you're going to have to be able to understand when you go to the Father, you have to be able to say to the Father, you have to go and take to him his word. You have to say to him, Father, in your word, you have already blessed me with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly place in Christ. I'm an heir of all things in Christ. So I'm not asking you for anything. I'm not, I'm not a beggar. I'm coming to receive my inheritance. I'm coming to receive what's already mine. So, Father, in the meantime, what I do, I just go on and thank you for it in advance. Hallelujah. That's already been. That's how you operate in the new covenant. And if you don't learn to operate in the new covenant, you're not a beggar. And you're not trying to twist God's arm to get him to do something. It's not how it works. So you got these people out here talking about this, you know, the, going through all this stuff and, and thanking the Lord. You're not going to, you beg come by here, Lord. All that stuff. You don't know where he is. You ask him to come by. That means he's not in you, right? Go to 1 Thessalonians 2.13 is what I'm waiting on. 
Watch what Paul says. For this cause also we do what? Thank God. Come on, we do what? Thank we God. thank God. We thank God without ceasing. That's your ministry. It's to thank God without ceasing. Why am I thanking him every day? Why am I thanking him without ceasing? Why am I in everything give thanks? Why am I every, well, the first thing I do is give thanks. Why? Because when we received is a past tense. You're not trying to get nothing. Listen to what it says. When we received the word of God, which you heard of us, when you received, have you received it yet? When you receive the word of God, which you heard of us, you receive it not as the word of men, but as it in truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in, in, into those people who what? The word of God work effectually in you that believe. Have you received the word yet? Do you believe the word yet? Now you must understand that all of the things that going on in your life is not Pastor Crump. It's not Sister Crump. Why? Paul said we wrestle not against flesh. It's not people. The enemy will love to get you away from the word. You don't understand that the word is your life. I know some of y'all say that and praise God, but I don't think you really understand it. The word is my life. I am under the word and under the word's authority. As long as I'm submitted to the word of truth, the gospel of my salvation, I'm under the authority of the Holy Spirit and I'm under God's angelic beings to protect me every day of the week. I'm under God's divine protection. I'm under God's divine provision. I'm under God's divine mercies. See, that's where I am. I'm under that umbrella. And so you must understand the enemy have to get me away from the word. So if he's going to get me away from the word, then he got to understand that's, that's a situation. Let me check out Sister, uh, Minister Lavina here. Now, Minister Lavina has been with this minister how many years? 20 plus years. 20 plus. You don't know how many plus? About 30. <laughs> you might well say 30, you're that close, right? Yes. Now, she's been this minister, we've been over here 20. All right. She's been in this ministry 30 years. All right. Now, if you've been to this ministry 30 years, what have you seen in Lavina's life? Lavina went through all kinds of stuff. But is she still standing? Now this is, now, this is one of our Sunday school teachers. How long have you been working with the children that, that you teach? About 30 years. You've been working with the children ministry ever since you've been to this church. Now, this woman works a full-time job. And also, every time she gets a chance, she's in here ministering to our children. I don't think i ever seen you miss a serve unless you have to take care of your mother or your brother or your work, stuff like that. You are a very consistent person. But if I can get you away from this church, if I can get you away from this word, I can change your testimony. Because all this stuff that you've been going through, you wouldn't be here smiling. 
No, no. If I can get you away from the word. See, you got to have something in your life that keeping that smile on your face. You understand? There got to be somebody in your life that keep you as strong as you are. Now, you lost your mother. You lost your brother. And your uncle before that, I think it was. And now, but you never miss a beat. Every day that I see her, you know, she tell me, I'm short in the spirit, pastor. That's what we call, that's what I call her. Short in the spirit. Just the opposite. I'm tall in the spirit. I call her, I said, Sister Lavinia, she said, but pastor, I may not be tall physically, but I'm tall in the spirit. <laughs> Amen. This is one of my daughters. And I see this sister, how strong you are. Always. I've always seen you strong. See, that's what encourages others. But, but you know what they ask Samson? Where does your great strength lie? Because if I find out what your strength is, and I can disconnect you from your strength, you'll be as weak as any other man. You'll be as weak as any other man if I can disconnect you from your strength. And one day he told the story. He said, I'm in a covenant with God. Matter of fact, I'm a Nazarite from birth. And I cannot cut my locks. I cannot cut these, these hair locks on my head. If I did, I'd break my covenant with God. And I'd be weak as any other man. She said, is that the truth? Are you lying to me, Samson, this time? <laughs> no, I'm not lying to you. He said, hey, come over here. We got him. She cut the locks off his head, broke the covenant with God, and they marched him out and put handcuffs on him and chains on his feet. But they couldn't do that before because he could not do it if he was connected to the master. As long as you stay connected to the word. I'm telling you right now, I'm telling you what I know. He can't touch you if you stay connected to the word. All this other stuff that come in your life is so you leave the word. And people will walk up to you and say, why don't you just leave? If all that's going on, why don't you just leave? That's, see, they, 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 they give you some the wrong counsel. And you got to understand something. You live by the word. I, I said to you, I'm going to give you a few verses. I'm going to do that because I'm going to show you what, what we're really doing in this teaching. Go to Ezekiel 47. Ezekiel 47 and 1. I'm not teaching this. I just want to show it to you. Ezekiel 47 and 1. In this chapter, in this book, everywhere Ezekiel is going, God is leading him around. And the angel of the Lord, because this is the fulfillment of the book of Revelation. It's a fulfillment of what? The book of Revelation. You can't know the book of Revelation if you don't know the book of Ezekiel. You can't know the book of Revelation if you don't know the book of Daniel. Because the book of Revelation is the fulfillment of those books. But watch what's going to happen. He said afterwards, you have to know what happened. 
in chapter 46, but I'm not going there. He said, but after he brought me again to the door of the house. Now, you got to understand something. He given, he given him a vision of the temple. He given him what? He given him a vision of the temple. How many know that we are? See, if I can get you to follow me, I'll show you something. Paul told the church, no, you're not. You are the you are the temple. Look at somebody and say, you're the temple of God. Say, if Christ is in you, you're the temple of God. Now remember, if Christ is not in you, you're the temple of the devil. Might well tell you the truth. The temple means where God lives. After he brought me again to the door of the house, the door of the temple, and what happened, behold, waters issued out from under the threshold eastward. Now, I need you to do this out of the NLT because the NLT gave you the dimensions, 1,750 feet gave you the, how deep the water was. In my vision, the man brought me back to the entrance of the temple. How many know you the temple? Amen. If I just get you to say amen. amen. He brought me back to the entrance of the temple. I saw a stream flowing from beneath the door of the temple, passing through the right side. I looked on, I saw coming out the temple, waters. It was about the altar. Next verse, I'm ready to remove it. The man brought me outside the wall through the north gate, led me around the east entrance. Then I could see water flowing out through the south side of the east gate. Waters, where they were coming from. They were coming from the temple. Ooh, I'm trying to tell you who in you and what's going on in you. And you still looking like, hmm. Now measuring as he went. He took me along the stream. When he measured was 1,750 feet. The water was deep. Then it wasn't 1,750 feet. But you want to put on the line this number one, the waters was up to my anchor. 1,750 feet, but they were only up to my anchor. So he said, I'm not done. I'm not done. He measured another 1,750 feet, led me across the waters again. We kept going back and forth across the waters. This time the water was up to my knees. Wait a minute. The waters are increasing. When I first went across the waters, the water was only up to my ankle. But when I taught this message the second time, the waters now is up to your knees. We're going back across again. Come on, say we're going back across again. Every time you cross the waters, the waters will increase. If God can get you to keep on crossing the waters. Whew. See, you, 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 you don't understand. You still here say, I've already been crossed. I don't want to go back across. No, 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 no. We're going back across again. Because the Bible says he measured another 1,750 feet. He led me across again. This time, it was up to my knees. After that, 1,750 feet. Now we went across again. 
It's up to my waist. Oh my God. Put your hand on your waist. Say so first was at my knees. I'm sorry, first was at my ankle. Then with my knees. Now it's up to my waist. Look at somebody and say, don't get scared now. Watch this. This is the water that's in the temple. Come on, say, this is the water that's in my temple. See, the new covenant used the word filled the spirit. That's why if I can keep you in here a little while, we keep putting this water on you. I'm waiting on it. It said, then he measured another 1,700 feet and the river was too deep to cross. Look at somebody and say, don't leave me now. Don't leave me now. First the water was where? It was at my ankles. Then my knees. Then my waist. Now it's too deep to crawl. We're going to have to have another strategy. Then he measured 1,750 feet. The river was too deep to crawl. It was deep enough to... We got to change that tactic. Because what I'm teaching you is deep. Call us unto deep. The Holy Spirit is responsible to teach you the deep things of God. And here you are on the bank of the Jordan watching the ships passing away and you just kicking your feet in the water. You don't need no help. You never crossed the waters yet. But if you'll get up this morning and say, you know what? I'm crossing the water. What I need is on the other side. Now, you, it's not going to last long because once you get on the other side, then the Spirit going to tell you what your need is on the So you got to go back across again. Now, this is what people don't like doing. When God told me, he said, look, Lord, I read that Bible. He said, look, read it again. God, I spoke that word. Speak it again. Now you got to go back across. Now the water has come to a place where you got to know how to swim. How many know you now got to use your faith like never before? You got to believe God like never before. You got to trust God like never before. Anytime a person swims, they're trusting God. They'll learn to trust God. If you don't know how to swim, it's a lot different for you, isn't it? If I put you in that water, and that water is 1,750 feet, you know it. It's like, oh my God. But if you can swim, it doesn't matter, does it? It doesn't matter how deep the water, if you can swim. That's all I'm trying to tell you. It doesn't matter how deep the water is if you learn how to swim. That's what we're going to do in this church. We're going to learn. But our swimming is going to call trusting God. All right, let's move on. Now, sometime you can read that. I'm not going to read no more. All that's good. Now, what I want to do is now I want to go back to Genesis 
let's go to Matthew. Let's go first to Matthew. I was going to do Genesis, but I'll do Matthew first. I can't do that yet. Let's go to Proverbs 18, 21. This message that I'm teaching you is an Old Testament message. But people are teaching this a way of life. When people say the just shall live by faith, or we walk by faith and not by sight, this is what they're talking about. But that's not what that message meant. We walk by faith and not by sight, or the just shall live by faith, means you have to be justified. That's what he's talking about. Now, we'll get to that in just a moment. Let's move on. Death and life. Now, this is Old Testament. Now, there are a lot of people are living this principle. This is Old Testament principle. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. This is why under this same message of faith, you hear people say, you can't say that. Don't you say that, that something happened bad to you. Don't you say that, something bad will happen to you. That's the message of faith. You are not to bound yourself with your mouth. See, that's why I told you God has already given you everything in Ephesians chapter 1, 2, 3. So, under the message of faith, you hear people say like this here. I'm not going to ever have anything. Don't you ever say that. Now, you got to understand, because under that principle, death and life is in the power of the tongue. Your death and your life is not in the power of your tongue. Because if it was in the power of your tongue, you would, have, you would never have nothing. See, see, we think we have because of what we say. That is the message of faith. See, that's how faith works. My job is to agree with, well, what happened when I don't know the word? This is what, I, this is what you must understand. If you keep that, you are saying the person not, who have not been taught the word would never have nothing. Because a person who's been, never been taught the word is going to always say something negative. If you think, now I know this sounds true, it sounds like it's contradicting, but it's not. If you think you're going to have because what you say, and you're not going to have because you say, don't say, then you have not accepted the gospel of grace. God did not bless you with all spiritual blessings in heavenly place in Christ because of what you said. You did not receive an inheritance in Christ because of what you said. Everything you have is because of what he did. Not because of what you said. Now, once you learn the word, you are to agree with what he did, of course. But what happened if you don't know the word? 
See, that's where I was. That's where I was. I thought I would have what God had for me if I would say it and believe it. And I found my heart broken many days because I was not accepting what God had already did. Now, my responsibility is to believe it. But I believe it when I hear it. And what was happening was people was not preaching it to us. So we, how are we going to believe it? Let me show you something. Go to Matthew chapter 8. Let's start off with verse 1. Let's do that first. Matthew 8, 1 through 4. Watch Jesus' ministry. Now, like I told you before, it's deep water, so don't think you got it. It's because I preached one tape. I got I to show it to you. When he was come down from the mountain, great mother too followed him. And behold, there came a leper. And this leper worshiped him, saying, Lord, watch what, watch what the leper going to say. If you will. Lord, if you will. Now, how many times have you prayed, Lord, if you will? I prayed a lot of times. Some of y'all can't want to be under, but I prayed a whole lot of times. Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. Now, this guy that spoke this did not know how to say what he wanted from God. He just said, Lord, if you will. So that means he did not know God's will. If he had known God's will, he could have just thanked God for what God had done. Lord, you've already blessed me with all spiritual blessings in heavenly place in Christ. And I know healing is a, is a spiritual blessing in Christ. So I thank you for my healing right now. He didn't know all that. So he said, Lord, if you will. Jesus put forth his hand and touched him and said, I will. Now, why would Jesus say, I will? That's what I need from you. No, no, no. But why did Jesus say, I will? Why we didn't sing the song in this church? If he will. See, choir members should help me on here because that's the... There's a song I told me they can't sing, Jesus will. And you can sing that song, he will. What? Why I told you can't sing it? What, what did the song say? He will. He will. Well, if he will, he has not. See, that's what I'm trying to see how you listen. If he will, if he will, what do all the songs say? He will do what? See, y'all know the word. That's why I'm asking y'all, what he say? He will do what? He will open up. He will. Well, if he will do it, what are you saying? That he hasn't done it. The gospel we are under is not God's will. It's not God will do it. It's God hath. Now you listen to me. Everything in the New Testament is past tense. Look at Ephesians 1.13. Now, we're going to come right back to this verse where I am because we're in, we're in Matthew 8 and verse 4. Jesus, Jesus put forth his hand and touched him. 
in whom also you trusted. Now I want uh, Ephesians 1 and 3. Now in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 told you that God had everything in the new covenant. I just going over to Ephesians chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3. If you look at all that God had done, is he hath already done this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath. He's already hath. What he done? He blessed me with all spiritual blessings. Well, hell is a spiritual blessing. He's already blessed me with wisdom. He, wisdom is a spiritual blessing. Knowledge is a spiritual blessing. I don't have to ask him for that. The Holy Ghost is a spiritual blessing. He's already blessed me with the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is a spiritual blessing. He blessed me with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places, and all my spiritual blessings are in Christ. And Christ is in me. So I'm not trying to get nothing. Faith, the message of faith, you are trying to get something. And you're trying to use your faith to get it. You must understand in the new covenant, you're not trying to get it. You have to learn to understand that you already got it. I just got to learn how to walk in it. But I already got it. He's already done it. So you got to understand, you got to, in the new covenant, he's already given, he's already done, he's already blessed, he's, everything he's already done. Jesus had come here and done, did the Father's will. When it come down for doing, Father said, Son did, Holy Ghost reveals. Say it with me. The Father said, the Son did, and the Holy Ghost, he, all he does, he will take a mind, and his job is to show you what Jesus already did. You are not left in a situation where you got to do it. God's not going to put you in that situation. That's what the situation Jesus was in. Go to Matthew chapter 8 again. Start verse 5. This got to be quick. <laughs> My time already gone. That quick. And when Jesus was entered to Capernaum, there came to him a centurion beseeching him, saying, Lord, my servant lies at home sick of the palsy. He's grievously tormented, Lord. And Jesus said to him, I will. Why is he going to say I will? Why is he saying I will? Because he never went to the cross. I will come. And heal him. I will after the cross he has. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but speak the word only. In the new, before the cross, all he had to do is speak the word. It's the word of truth. I mean, it's, it's the word of faith. It's speak the word. It's the message of faith. Speak the word. And my servant shall, future tense, be healed. If a man on authority, if I'm a man on authority, the soldiers say, I'm a man on authority, I have soldiers under me. I say that this man, go, he goeth to another man, come and he cometh, and to my servant, do this and do that. And he doeth it. 
When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said that it, to them that follow verily, I say to you, I have not found so great of what? Faith. I have not, that's how faith worked. I have not found so great of faith, no lie in Israel. I tell them to do it, and they do it. And we take that which I did for years because I was only preaching the message of faith and I didn't know it. But I don't have to ask God to do it. 1 Peter 2.24. He's already done it. See, if you don't learn this, you'll be trying to operate there and having God to do something, and God already did it. God has finished his work. Jesus has sat down. The Bible says he's seated at the right hand of the majesty on high. He's not working no more. Just one verse I'm asking for, everybody. First Peter 2, 24, just one verse. Come on, wife. First Peter chapter 2, and verse 24, yeah. Who is own self, what did he do? He bear our sins, he's already did it. He did it in his own body on the tree that we've been dead for sin. Now we can live under righteousness by whose stripe you were past tense. It's already been done. My time is up. I thank you for yours. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.